Good morning. He is risen. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word. The Old Testament reading for the third Sunday of Easter is from Ezekiel chapter 34. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Peter chapter 2. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John the 10th chapter. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is the Gospel of the Lord. He is risen. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. What does it mean that Jesus is our good shepherd? Does it mean that he's good in the sense of what we think a competent shepherd is like? 
Does it mean that he's good and the gentle, kind, and would never say a harsh word to anyone kind of way? Or does it mean that he's good in the sense that he is, in fact, truly good? Seeing as many of you have quite a bit of experience raising animals, and especially livestock, you hopefully recognize that Jesus is actually a pretty horrible shepherd, at least in the sense of being good and competent at being an earthly shepherd, anyways. An earthly shepherd would never, in a million years, lay down his life for his sheep. Part of the reason to raise sheep is, in fact, that they will eventually lay down their lives for you and serve you either as food or as a source of income. It just doesn't make sense in earthly terms for a shepherd to die defending his flock. You all hopefully recognize as well that Jesus, while certainly being kind and gentle, can also be firm and even harsh when the need arises. When he speaks his law to us and reminds us of the fact that we are truly all sheep who have gone astray, he might not look like the somewhat sappy, nice person that the good shepherd image can inspire sometimes. We sometimes do act like sheep, and sometimes we do things that we shouldn't do, like meander our way right off of a cliff. We therefore need a shepherd who will, when the occasion calls for it, whack us upside the head with his staff and get us back to where we're supposed to be. Which leads us, of course, to the truth of what it means that Jesus is our good shepherd. Listen, therefore, one more time to Jesus' description of himself as the shepherd who cares and lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus makes it clear here what makes him the good shepherd. The good shepherd is the one who actually cares for the sheep. The one who cares so much for them that he is willing to lay down his life for them. That's what makes Jesus the good shepherd. All of the hired hands who are out there, they don't care about the sheep nearly as much as what Jesus does. 
they wouldn't be willing to lay down their lives for the sheep. And in fact, they are not called to lay down their lives for the sheep. Just like the sheep themselves are not called to lay down their lives for each other, or even for themselves. It is only the good shepherd who needs to do that. And of course, he proved to us that he is the good shepherd by doing that very thing. By laying down his life on the cross, by taking all of our sin onto himself and dying for us. He then proved that his sacrifice was successful by rising from the dead and began to gather his sheep into his flock. There are those who ought to be here in his flock, but are not. Those who have never heard his voice, but are waiting for it. They might not know that that's what they're waiting for, but it is. Notice, though, that it is the good shepherd who does the leading and the speaking. Perhaps you may be able to be the mouth that he uses to speak his voice, but it is his voice that they need to hear and his lead that they need to follow. As sad as it is that there are those who have never heard his voice, perhaps even more sad are those who have heard his voice and yet ignore it. Sometimes these sheep will even go so far as to try and silence the voice of their shepherd. But you don't have to be discouraged by these apparent failures. The good shepherd is the one in charge. He knew that some would ignore his voice, and yet he chooses to still speak. The good shepherd's goal is clear. His goal is for there to be one flock and one shepherd. Notice, though, that the verb become here is in the future tense. There will be one flock. And one shepherd. It's easy to look around right now and see that at the moment there is not visibly only one flock. There are many flocks of sheep, many flocks of Jesus's sheep. Some of those claim that they are the only flock and that they their flock has the only one shepherd. Some claim that there doesn't have to be only one flock, that it's okay if there's more than one, and that it's even okay if there's more than one shepherd. And seeing this in our world, seeing the various groups of Christians, and knowing that God wants everybody to be one, can make us want to do something about it. It can make us want to try and grab everybody and stick them into one room and just get them to settle their differences. In response to this, I would reply with the words that Jesus himself spoke. 
those ones it is necessary for me to lead, and my voice they will hear. Those who are of the one flock are led by Jesus and follow his voice. These are what we call the members of the invisible church. Visibly, there are many denominations, many groups of Christians. And God truly does want them all to be one flock. And he truly will one day make them all into one flock. But right now, that one flock is invisible. We can't see it. And so, what we must do then is that we must learn about him from his voice, from the voice of the shepherd that is his word. And we must trust that those in the other flocks will also learn from the voice of the shepherd and that he will truly bring them into one flock. Sometimes others will try to say that they can hear the voice of the shepherd in other places. They might even try to say that the word is not truly the voice of the shepherd. But it is only in the word and the sacraments which the word teaches you about that God has promised to be. He has made no promise to be heard in the voice of your emotions. He has made no promise to be heard in the collective voices of those following him. The only place that God has promised to speak to us is his word. Sometimes you might hear people arguing that the Bible is not the inspired word of God. Sometimes you might hear them saying that the Bible doesn't really say what you think it says. Recognize that these are the tactics of wolves. The goal of the wolf is to scatter and isolate the sheep. By trying to get you to doubt the word, the wolf is trying to separate you from your shepherd and from the rest of your flock. The wolf will try to get you to feel like you can't trust the other sheep in your flock and that you certainly can't trust your shepherd. And sadly, wolves are very good at these things. Sometimes we can even allow the evil one to turn we who are sheep into wolves. Such wolves in sheep's clothing are on the lookout for whatever sheep they think they can manage to snatch. But remember that the sheep have a good shepherd. And unlike the hired hands, the shepherd will stay and fight. We are not being watched over by a simple hired hand. We are being watched over by the good shepherd. The good shepherd who already laid down his life for you when he died on the cross. Who even rose from the dead for you to prove to you that he has power over death. He is the one who will go after you when you wander. 
He will leave the other 99 behind with the under-shepherd and go hunting for you. The good shepherd will not abandon you. According to Jesus' teaching in the psalm, the rod and staff that the shepherd carries are more than just tools. They are also weapons. The good shepherd is not some little boy who can't defend himself. The good shepherd is a guardian who will stop at nothing to protect the sheep who he cares about. That means that your good shepherd will not leave you alone. This is true even when you wander off and make yourself an easy target for the wolf. The good shepherd will call after you with his word. And you know this to be true because he already proved how much he cared for you when he laid down his life for you. He will guard you. He will guide you. He has already done this for you all. And one day in the future, there will be truly only one flock. For he does this with all of his sheep, and he is truly the one shepherd. And when that day comes, by the mercy and love of the good shepherd, you will be in that flock following him. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.